Well, I'm going to say good morning, Rock Bible Church, too. <laughs> Just so Bryce feels at home. Uh, Merry Christmas. Wow, I can't believe it happened. Hey, thanks for um, being here tonight. We know you have many choices when you worship, and we thank you for choosing us. Uh, but welcome to Rock Bible Church. We are a Christ-centered, biblically-based, compelling, casual community. We're compelling ourselves and others to Christ in casual ways that welcome all to worship, being a community that serves a greater community. And we especially do it on Christmas Eve. So glad you can join us. I got a quick question. Who's cooking? Anybody? Okay, good. I'm cooking too. All right, more important question. Who's eating? There you go. All right, that's, yeah. Well, we're going to spend a few moments uh, here, and then we'll get you off to your family and hopefully um, a great night of celebration and rejoicing. But tonight we want to talk about why we rejoice and what we're celebrating. Uh, we started a, a series here in December. We called it uh, Fear, Favor, and Fortune. This idea that the original story of Christmas wasn't about uh, the king. You know, we think of this baby in the manger and the whole Messiah, and we've got this thick book of information of everything that happened. You know, the original Christmas, they had very little information. Uh, there was a lot of fear involved. Uh, Mary got some surprising news. Uh, Joseph got some surprising news. And then they've got to travel, pregnant. Uh, Joseph has to decide if he's going to stay involved in this whole thing. Um, but they decide to investigate the potential of favor. And that's what led them to fortune. Uh, I want us to look at a different piece uh, this evening. Uh, very famous Christmas Eve story, the no room at the inn, no place in the inn. Uh, it's a famous story, right? In fact, um, where was Jesus born? He was born in a... Yeah, you know that. I'm going to prove to you why you know that this morning. We're going to have a little fun. Uh, and then as tradition goes, we will have our second service extra uh, this evening because uh, I forgot something for service, which happens every time we do this. Uh, but let's look at Luke chapter 2, uh, verses 1 through 20. Here we go. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the world should be registered. This was the first registration of Quirinius, uh, a governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph went up from Galilee to the town, from the town of Nazareth to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Uh, you, you know the stories of uh, the little bo baby born in Bethlehem. We, we've heard that name. Uh, do you know why? It wasn't because they just randomly went there. That was the town that uh, Joseph was born in. It's also uh, King David's city. And so it wasn't just a random thing, but they had to go back for this uh, census that was being taken uh, because he was the house and lineage of David. Uh, verse 5, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, which, by the way, that last sentence right there, um, that's, a, that's a rough sentence to just skip over real quickly. He went with his Mary, his betrothed, after he found out that she was pregnant. And he knew it wasn't him. That, that takes a little decision-making, doesn't it? 
It kind of plays into what we're going to talk about tonight. Let's keep moving. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a... There we go. That's why you know it, right? Uh, Important little thing, although very confusing to me, if this Messiah was on his way and uh, the prophet Isaiah spoke of him at length... Uh, We get other prophecies from Daniel and other uh, First Testament books. Uh, If if there was such a plan and so much uh, prophecy going into this, how come they didn't have reservations? I mean, God really, uh, great reason to doubt. You know, for someone who doesn't believe in God, it's like, wait, you want to believe about a, a God who's in control of all things and cares and is good, but he couldn't even find a place for his son to be born? Logically, that doesn't make sense. Or does it? Okay, that's a first glance look. If we get a little deeper, we're going to find out why was the manger important, and we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Because there was, and here's the phrase, no place for them in the inn, right? I made first service repeat that. They were still a little bit zombies from wrapping too many gifts and stuff, so I made them interact a little bit. I won't do it to you, but um, there was no place for them in the inn, right? How is it that we have a God who has no place for his own son? Or is that just a poor man's view of it, a first glimpse? Let's keep going. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. So what time of day is it? Okay. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with what? No, not fear. Fear great fear there's another kind (laughs) right that's um the bible trying to emphasize something right not just fear but great fear these these people were petrified freaking out and and just for you um if you ever happen to run into a celestial angelic beating good luck uh they knew the stories the shepherds half the time angels show up it's to destroy things think sodom and gomorrah or some of the other stories from the First Testament. Um, read the book of Joshua, Judges. Right? When the angels show up, it's not necessarily good. And so they're absolutely afraid. And here's where we get the concept of fear, favor, and fortune. You see, we have to get past our fear to learn the favor, and then we have to exercise the favor for a while in order to get in to experience the true fortune of who God is. But they say, uh, the angel says to them, verse 10, fear not, we're not here to kill you. We're here to bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. All right, I just want to give Bill a second shot at it. Good job, Bill. Um, And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a... Oh, now we've heard it twice. Now I know why you have this memorized. And still begs the question, why a manger? Couldn't even get like the single room with no view in the inn? Um, What's going on here? If the angels had told the shepherds, hey, go, go into Bethlehem, find the inns and check all the rooms, you'll eventually find one of the boys. Would that have been a little difficult task? 
I mean, needle in a haystack maybe. But if they said, go to the one inn that has a baby sleeping in the yard with the animals, now you're looking for something very specific. We start to see why maybe God decided to use a manger on purpose because it was unique. It stood out. It screamed of wrong. And yet it's the avenue that he uses to show us right. See, if you go in looking for mangers, you can see that before you even get into the inn. It can be recognizable and it can be faster. Um, Where am I? Mm, oh, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Uh, we heard the um, during the Advent reading, right? This is the same little passage. When the angels went away from them in heaven, the shepherds said to one another, well, I'm glad that's over. You know, the story skips a step right here. There, there was a decision-making business meeting. Are we buying this or are we just glad this is over? Do we want to move on or we don't want to take this seriously? We know the answer to that meeting that they don't tell us about. Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. Shouldn't that say might have happened? Could have happened? No, they're taking it hook, line, and sinker, which the Lord has made known to us. Verse 16 and they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a... Oh, they always come in threes, don't they? It's a point worth making before we pass over it. Uh, when shepherds have to travel, what do they need to bring with them? The herd, right? Is it flock of sheep, a herd of sheep? What is it? I don't know. It's a gaggle or a pontoon or something. I don't know. Um, but th it's a lot of work to do that. So they took time, energy, and resource and invested in this decision that they made. They decided to believe this. And when they saw it, prophecy was fulfilled. And when they saw it means prophecy was fulfilled. This is what the angels just told them. Right? They made known the saying that had been told to them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen. As it had been told them. And may the Lord bless the reading of his word on Christmas Eve. Amen? Amen. Uh, let's talk about this for a little a second. Uh, I love this idea that not just what they heard, but what they had seen. How did they get to the seen part? You know, the heard part was, uh, was kind of impossible for them to miss. They had no choice in that. Angels show up, bam, light show, scared them to death. You know they're listening. The seen part had to happen after they made a decision to go. And I was reading over this and thinking to myself, you know, this story, you've got to do this story, the no room at the end. And I thought to myself, wait, that's a lie. There was room at the end. It was just outside in the manger. In fact, the innkeeper 
did make room for them. It was just with the animals outside. In fact, Mary and Joseph made room for Jesus. Why? Well, they believed what the angel told them in, in chapter 1. And Joseph believed that if he stayed with this pregnant girl who it wasn't, maybe he was going to see something unexpected. And then the shepherds, they made room as well, didn't they? All three of them made room. We have this story that we hear all the time. There was no room for them. Uh, yeah, there was. We got at least several entities here that made room for Jesus because they wanted to see what would happen. And how'd that happen? Because God got their attention. That's why we have a manger. That's why the word's used three times. Because when you go looking for a baby in a manger, you're looking for something you never would see. That culture would never put a baby in a manger. It never put them outside with the animals. In fact, there were a lot of animals that were considered unclean. But when you have to go look for something totally unique that could never happen, like an immaculate conception, or a husband that had believed his wife who thought he may have, she may have cheated, or that he should travel with her and show up and then find them in a manger of all places, we're starting to add up too many improbabilities to where you couldn't explain it humanly. You'd have to have an extra special answer, a supernatural answer. This is why God uses little boys and mangers and women that weren't honored in culture back. All these things that, he, that culture wouldn't use, God used all the time. Secondborns all over the place. Why? To prove that he must get credit for it. The only people that ever figure it out are the ones that make room. Good news is you can make room. Why? Uh, because you have a God who makes room and you were made in his image. Because number two, God made room for Jesus. The question that some would ask, oh, it was in a manger, this can't be God, the, uh, all knowing God, all-powerful God with uh, all this control. No, he would never do it that way. Well, it depends on how you look at it. God made sure there was room for Jesus. He talked about it for generations, for thousands of years, that this Mashiach that was going to come, this suzerain, this deliverer, in fact, the whole country, all of their existence was continuing to wait for this person. So uh, was there a good marketing campaign? There sure was. There were tons of previews for that movie. And then God made room for Jesus in special ways by drawing attention to him. You know, we don't see a whole lot of angels in the Old Testament. We don't see a whole lot of angels in the New Testament. Where we see angels... A bunch, and a bunch of extra stuff is right around when Jesus was born. See, it was God's pinnacle event. He wanted everybody to know. He wants to have your attention the same way he wanted the innkeeper, Mary, Joseph, and the shepherd's attention. Oh, and the three kings. Remember them? They're not in the story today. Different passage. But same type of thing. A huge star in the sky. At some point, we need to start looking at the facts. You know, this whole story, <laughs> see that verses 1 through 20? That was the whole passage. 
every single verse in the whole story draws attention to Jesus. At some point, we have to ask the question, does this stuff as a whole start to make sense? Maybe beyond my understanding or my realm of logic, but if there's a chance, if there's a, if there's a God who made room for Jesus and, and then there were other people who made room for him to see him, then maybe, number three, maybe God made room for you. Why are you still here? Why'd someone drag you to listen to some semi-old guy on a Friday night, huh? You know, God made room for you because you have an opportunity to have a relationship with him. Why did Jesus come to the planet in the first place? Because God wanted us to know that he exists, wanted to engage with us. He is good. He's in the business of blessing. And he's, well, he's an attention hog. He wants your attention. The question is, do we make room for him? I made room this week. This is your second service extra. I forgot to tell this story. I made room this week because it's gift wrapping season. I built a command center in the garage, a couple folding tables. I got my uh, extra boxes over here, a bunch of different rolls of different types of paper because some people in the Berglund family are very particular about what paper their gifts are wrapped in because the gifts aren't good enough themselves. Anyways, um, I got different types of wrapping paper. I got my scissors. I got uh, gifts over here that are going to go in and then I got this, all this stuff going on. My tape, labels, ribbon. I'm all set. Now I got a whole bunch done. And then an event came up where I had to leave. I came back. What had happened to my event center? Anybody? Dads, what happened? Someone was there and I knew it. Right? Someone's been sleeping in my bed, said Papa Bear. You know how I knew? The tape was gone. Funny thing, somebody came in and stole the tape. I'm running around the house trying to figure out where the tape is. By the way, at Christmas time, make sure you have good scissors and good tape. It makes up for everything. You can have bad wrapping, but if you've got good tape and good scissors, it's kind of like sauce at the Mexican place. Anyways, um, I finally found the tape, and the irony was glorious. Because guess who stole the tape? The gift I was trying to wrap, the one I, who I was going to give that gift to, they're the one that stole the tape. I couldn't wrap the gift for them because they stole the tape from me. I just thought that was really funny. Now, the identity of the guilty will remain anonymous to protect them, okay? <laughs> but folks, we could do that to God. We could steal the tape when he's trying to wrap us a gift. He wants to give us something and we can walk away. One of the least favorite things about God for me is that if I turn away from him, he'll respect my decision. I hate that. Now here's what I love. If I follow him, if I try, if I make room for him where there seems to be no room, fortune happens. I get over fear, I find a little favor, and then it ramps up. Anybody want to ramp up? 
you better because it's going to ramp up here tonight. I'm going to say amen. We're going to baptize a couple people and then it's going to ramp up. Amen? Amen. Uh, praise God for his son and what it means that he made room for us and so we can make room for him. And when you do, it pays off. You could do that a lot of ways. Start praying. Start reading. Start meeting with somebody. Uh, there's a crazy pastor in Pleasanton that might connect with you too. Figure it out. Amen? Uh, Lord, thanks for tonight. Thanks for what we get to do and what we get to celebrate uh, because of what you did, have done, and want to continue to do with us.